you know, these kind of fan podcasts out there. They make a living out of finding the, uh, basically like the washed up reality TV stars. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we are just a fan podcast who interviews washed up reality stars. Yes, that is what we are. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, guys, let's creep. And I'm so excited to talk about this with you because <laughs> we have not gotten into it since everything went down. Yeah, Jackie wasn't actually in town when I woke up and chose violence against mm-hmm. Nick Vial. So a lot of this is new to her. Well, it's funny, too, because I was like, literally, we, we were like driving to Palm Springs. And even my friends that don't really follow Bachelor stuff, and so as a result, don't always like follow exactly what's going on with the podcast, are texting me being like, um, all right, down with Nick Vial. Like, we fucking hate him. <laughs> like, getting like all invested in this. I'm like, yeah, no, Stephanie is taking this all the way off and I am here for it to support. Thank you. We'll get into everything because a lot of you guys are up to speed on what happened. A lot of you may, this may be new information. So Mm -hmm. if you stumbled upon my Instagram this past week, you may have noticed that I have a bone to pick with Mr. Vial. And so we have to kind of tell the whole story. So we have to back up a little bit. So where to begin? Well, because so we had had Danielle roll on the podcast. Um, Was that our last week's guest? Yeah. Yeah, And and she could not have been more wonderful. I was like so excited that she was interested in chatting with us and sharing her story. And she was so vulnerable. And I thought it was like an amazing, great interview, interview, not to toot our own horn. Um, But while this was all happening, like Nick, who was actually her fiance, or I think they got married on the show. Just specify so we don't mess up the Knicks. Yes, yes, yes. Nick Thompson from Love is Blind. He had been kind of been making the rounds on other podcasts as well, talking about similar experiences to what Danielle had experienced of horrible conditions on Love is Blind. Um, So this was all kind of in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. And then it was Nick on the Vile Files completely bashing people like Danielle and Nick Thompson, saying that they should be so lucky to be on TV and that the only reason that they're speaking out about the horrific filming conditions that Love is Blind offered is because they want to be famous, which I think is a really problematic take to knock people for waiting a while to speak out about something. Like, how do you not have someone in PR in your corner saying like, Nick, that is not it. We do not bash people who maybe waited a little bit before speaking out about something that traumatized them. Absolutely. So I'm going to actually play a clip of what Nick was saying about this whole Love mm-hmm. is Blind thing. There is a lawsuit. You guys listened to the Danielle interview last week, so you should know what's going on. But basically, they had limited access to food and water, according to Danielle and Nick Thompson. And it really was an unsafe filming environment for them. Totally. And I think something to kind of color this context, too, is this was all in the context of Nick's producers telling him that Nick Thompson was creating, I think it was some sort of charity or some sort of organization to help people who work in unscripted television just like have basic human rights. And so then these, um, the girls who are producers on Nick Vial's podcast were like explaining this to him. And he was just kind of like, what a lot of crap. And like, I just don't understand how even in that context, why would you be against an organization that is just trying to like put rules in place to make things better for people that are like clearly historically being exploited by big corporations to make TV? Like this is right. common no. knowledge. This happens all the time. I don't. I think that would be a great thing if reality TV could put those kinds of things in place to protect people. Right, like why are we siding with the multi-billion dollar corporation versus the few brave people 
that spoke up. Yeah. But this is basically what Nick said, and this TikTok got the attention of Miss Stephanie Parker, and this is where the whole Nick debacle began. So this is what the TikTok said. Love is blind cast suing love is blind. I just think it's a bit eye-rolly when you have a bunch of casts from previous seasons about 18 months later when they're when their star dims and the only attention they can get is to start complaining about the show and those are the only videos that they post that go viral. They all want to be famous. You know, they all want the attention. So all the producers usually have to say it's just like they're kind of they're literally leading the horse to water. Yeah. Are they pressured to get married and all those things, I'm sure they do. But we're talking about adults here. We are talking about adults who don't have to get married, who, who are able to make their own decisions and choices. And as someone who's been in these environments and felt manipulated, and, and these are high, intense environments, like, you still have the ability to say no. You still have the ability to be like, nah, it's not for me. There are people who say no all the time on this show. And some people choose not to, and that's fine. But when it doesn't work out the way you expected, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that you should be suing someone to which i reply in the comments i think not having access to food and water regularly is a little more than it just quote not working out he's basically yeah. saying they didn't get the fame that they were looking for long term so this is what they have to do because this is the only way they can go viral because that's the ultimate goal in life is to go viral so i say that it gets the last i checked it that comment had a few hundred likes, you know, nothing crazy, but definitely one of the top comments. Nick doesn't comment back to me, but he does reply to what I said. Like, not directly, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah, yeah. commented solo and said, I am certain they have adequate food and water. It's like, how can you be certain? Were you there? Were you Literally, there? No. <laughs> Literally, no. And, and for you to speak so confidently on something that doesn't directly affect you. Mm -hmm. It's not the network you were on. It's not the show you were on. Why are, why are you even talking about it? Just talk about another topic. Right. And to say it with such definitive confidence, it's just like, how can you say that? That's you not can't. true. <laughs> right. And it's also just like belittling someone else's experience that was clearly very traumatizing. Danielle goes into how she had suicidal thoughts while mm -hmm. filming the show. This is deep and this is serious. And for you to just take what she said and disregard it because that didn't happen to you. Right. It's just such such a trash take. Like I can't express any further how it's just a bad take. Yeah. But we could have left it there. We could have left it. But we we could have. I said my piece. And I felt fine. Mm -hmm. But then he has another episode. This episode is the one with Barbara Corcoran. And they talk about Love is Blind again before Barbara Corcoran gets on the show because mm -hmm. she's an angel and I'm sure would have <laughs> she nothing would but never nice things. have this horrible take. Yeah, she would never. So they're talking about it. And again, just for context, he continues to bash reality TV stars. This is a little compilation clip I made. <laughs> the, the entitled talentless reality TV stars. TV stars who no longer can, like, make the amount of money and get the fame that they want from their platform. And everyone who signs that contract goes, hmm, but can I be famous? Do you think I can be famous? Is there a chance I can be famous? Who got to go on TV and become famous for no f***ing reason, be gifted in Instagram followers. And they are weaponizing words like mental health and things like that people who willingly subject, subjected themselves to these types of environments with the hopes that they would be given this incredible opportunity. Are, are we supposed to feel bad for the person who was narcissistic enough, and I include myself in this, to like think, you know what, I'm special, 
like they might have had to wait an hour for the water that they asked for because I don't know everyone was busy or something like that because they weren't the priority. I do not think at any like whether it's a bachelor or love is blind that there's discussions going on being like we're gonna not give them water. It's like so you agree you think you're narcissistic Nick like so you agree what you think you're really pretty yeah <laughs> got it that's what I'm taking from this but once again, it does not strike me as crazy at all after all of the interviews that we have had with former contestants that they would withhold food and water or withhold, I don't know, talking to other people, locking people in rooms. Like we've heard all of this stuff in order to get the reaction that they want. Remember, Crystal literally said they knew she was on a fast and they wouldn't let her eat breakfast. They pulled her into a interview for like two hours took all the food away and then gave her tequila and that's when she had her like explosive villain moment so why for any reason would we think that this was a crazy impossible ludicrous opinion right and we asked danielle during the interview why do you think they it was so hard for you to get food and water and yeah. she said she doesn't know but one it gets you more drunk and two it drives you crazy and mm -hmm. when you go crazy you cry and give drama to the producers and that's what ultimately what they want yeah exactly so this second episode they're talking about it and natalie asks nick oh, oh like what about that food and water claim specifically the food and water claim do are people actually believing that i don't see how they could believe that wasn't bliss or someone from this season making cupcakes or cookies or brownies and, like, if you actually listen to the interview, Danielle doesn't say the food issue was in the pods. It was when they were in Mexico. So mm -hmm. you bringing up, like, how the the kitchen's fully stocked in the pods is irrelevant. That's yeah. not a good argument. But she basically says, are people actually believing this? I think Nick then remembers my TikTok comment because, like I said, it got a lot of likes. And then he did reply in the comment section to it, mm -hmm. I believe. And this is when Nick takes the ultimate dig at, I believe the She's All Batch podcast by <laughs> saying this. Uh, you know, these kind of fan podcasts out there who like make a, they make a living out of finding the, uh, basically like the washed up reality TV stars who, again, you know, they, they're in the limelight. They have all the opportunities. Then the limelight goes away because they've done nothing with the platform that was gifted. <laughs> Once again, another horrible take. On one hand, it's like, okay, so you agree. We make a living without the kinds of resources. <laughs> that you have to make fun of the fact that we have to use people out of contract is absurd to me because it's like nick the only Dude. reason you get people who are not quote unquote in your words washed up which i don't think is true at all i think people love our more old school og interviews um is because you literally were on the show like why does why do you think that makes you better <laughs> he gets guests delivered to him on a silver platter so yeah. i want to go through this statement Point by point, okay. like Monica Geller. So the quote is, there are fan podcasts who make a living finding washed up reality stars. Yes, we are fans of the show. And yes, this is a podcast, but he's purposely describing us in a way to ensure that we're not on the same level as him. It's like pushing us down to say like, I'm up here because I'm Nick Vial and I this is not a fan podcast. And these girls are just, it's cute. It's a little fan podcast. This is a full-blown fucking business that started from nothing. 
We did not have guests handed to us. We do not have a network. We did not have funding, all of which I said in my statement on Instagram. And the fact that he's taking away the credit that is due to us because it takes talent and brains and strategy and skill to create a podcast that's successful is such a slap in the face. Like that was my initial take when I heard that. Like, And if you watch the clip of him saying it, which you could see on my Instagram, the actual video, he's saying it with like a half-ass smirk. Like he's purposely trying to insult us. What was your initial thought when you heard him call us a fan podcast? It's, it's just, it's very tone deaf to the privilege that he has had in creating his podcast. Cause like, for all of the reasons that you just listed of all the advantages that he had. Plus like, dude, you came off the show with like a million something followers. Like, of course yeah. your podcast is going to initially get traction with a million followers. Like she's all batch. The Instagram account that Stephanie had built before the podcast still had a significant following, but like, you know, 75,000 is very different than a million. That is like, I can't do the math. I'm like, that's a hundred or a thousand times more or something like that. But none of this surprises me. And so I'm not taking it so like to heart, like, oh no, Nick Vial's a condescending guy. Like, yeah, of course he is. I do think it was a bit of a low blow and a bit of just dismissing the impact that all of these podcasts have. Cause I feel like I've been talking about that a lot recently that like, you know, the show and Nick included in that try to diminish the impacts that we have on the show and the community around the show. And that's just, I think we've all gotten big enough now where like, that is not the case. We are full blown in the conversation. Things Reality Steve is releasing is affecting how the show is operating. And I think that's the case for us now too. And some of these other podcasts that we will continue to support going forward more to come on that. But, um, but I think they don't want it to be true. You know what I mean? Like they don't want, they don't like the fact that like these smaller non-connected podcasts can have such an impact, but we do. Yes. And I just feel like it's very belittling. And for anyone who's privileged enough to have a platform with fans, like the absolute worst thing you could do is belittle your fans, especially since it's the fans of the show who are the reason you have a platform to begin with. So to know that like Nick Vial is kind of like being dismissive of, a, of what he calls a fan podcast. Well, you know what? I just feel like to not be gracious with people who you think are fans of you is such a stupid move. Again, where's the PR girl in your corner saying like, Nick, fucking shut up. That's not it. That's not what you should be saying. Totally. I know. I can't believe this. Not only did he get away with like saying this on the pod, that this was the clip that they were like, yeah, we should put this on right. TikTok. This, yeah. is the, this is the best take ever out of everything we've said here. That's why This is an me. hour and a half show, but you know what? This, this 10 <laughs> second clip, this is the one. Yeah. That's it. That's the one. Isn't that a TikTok sound? Um, maybe. That's it. That's the one. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. He believes there is a hierarchy. And if you've never been on the show before, like you are less than in his eyes. I guess, yeah, in a way there is a hierarchy put in place by the show in that way for a reason. So to just acknowledge that like you didn't or to not acknowledge that you didn't have resources and privilege to get at the top of that hierarchy is like you're not better than us because you were on a show. Right. You just had this platform that has then in turn given you better access to guests because you have relationships with networks. And actually someone brought to my attention that he is in close relations with the head of publicity at Kinetic, which mm. is the Love is Blind production company, which kind of tracks. Yeah. Could be why he's defending Love is Blind so hard and also is probably why he gets Micah and Marshall and Raven the second the show is, you know, aired the finale, they're on his show the next day. Like, that's what pisses me off when he was saying the washed up reality star comment. Cause like, 
like you said, this isn't an even playing field. So to knock us for what we have no control over, we mm-hmm. don't have a relationship with ABC. We did not go on the show four times and, right, you know, failed at finding love and made a fool of ourselves. We did not out Andy Dorfman for making love, not, what is it? Uh, if you weren't in love with me, why did you make love with me? Yeah, yeah. We didn't do any of those things. So therefore, we don't have this relationship with ABC. Because of that, the second Ariel gets kicked off Zaxxies, and she's not coming on She's All Batch. Right. So to completely disregard that fact that you benefit from is such a dick move. And also, fun fact for you guys, we tried to get interviews with all of season forecast. We reached out to the head of publicity at Kinetic, who Nick is allegedly friends with, and she was very well aware that we wanted to have anyone from the cast on, and we were not granted access to anyone. So I would argue if it were a level playing field, our podcast would do better. Totally. Especially because people have been so not happy with his love is blind interviews i'm like oh if you just let us have a swing at it we would get all the tea and so many people in the she's all batch facebook group were saying like i don't really like him but he recently had someone from i think who sandoval or someone someone from the vanderpump scandal was recently on vile files and i really wanted to hear that interview so it has nothing to do with the host and i think the difference with us is that people listen for us And, like, if we have a good guest, that's a bonus. But ultimately, people want to hear from us. Whereas with Nick, I don't think people are tuning in because they, like, love hearing Nick's condescending take. I 100% agree. I mean, I'll probably never listen to an episode of The Files again. But in the past, the only times I have tuned in is because of the access to the guests that he gets. Um, And that has nothing to do with him or his talent. So it's giving like trust fund teenage boy. Oh my God. It is being like, okay. Yeah. Like my dad owns the company and like, yeah, I literally got a job immediately right out of college in said company. Um, but I like worked for everything I got. It's like, okay, dude, cool. It's just, he's so out of touch with the privilege he has in this industry, but go off King, (laughs) go off King. That's what the kids say, right? Also, is it like implying that if someone isn't in the peak of their television relevance, that they're not worthy of an interview? Like to say that we only interview Wash Up Reality Stars, which A, isn't true. B, some of them have been your best friends. Mm -hmm. And C, you've had plenty of the people that we've had on our show also on your show. So fuck you. But is it to say that if you haven't been on TV in a while, you don't have a story to share that's worth listening to? According to Nick, Because that's what he's basically saying. I mean, can we also point out who he clings to depending on their relevance? Like the Victoria and Greg scandal, when Mm. all that was happening, they're at his house. I've never seen Victoria and Greg hang out at Nick's house prior to that time period. When Demi was like on the up and up, they were like fucking ass buddies. I have not seen them together since. Like I just feel Ashley and Jared Mm. when like they were on the rise, like all of a sudden that's his best friend, Dean. Like there's so many people that seem to come in and out of his life depending on their relevance. Totally. That's that on that. (laughs) Well, so then you posted your whole thing. So, yes. So I took all this frustration and I put it into an Instagram post. And I'll I'll read what I said. So I posted Nick's comment, what he said about the Washed Up Reality Star fan podcast. And I wrote, that fan podcast who interviews Washed Up Reality Stars is in the top 0.5% of all global podcasts. We're successful without a network, without funding, and without living rent-free in ABC's back pocket. Which, fun fact, since 
we're on the pod now, I wanted to say without sucking ABC's dick, but I didn't really want that in writing. Mm. So now it's just audio recording of me saying it. Okay. We interview people who have amazing stories to share about their experiences on the show, many of whom you're friends with and have had on your own show. You clearly have had a head start with your success thanks to your many failed attempts at finding love on TV, but I would argue it's a bit more impressive to build a community from absolutely nothing. Remember, without the support from fans, you don't have a platform. And I stand by everything. Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) Then I put as the caption of the post, fans who watch and talk about the show are the reason why you're able to make a living being an asshole with a microphone. Damn. Don't come for me. (laughs) And he'll go off and say that this wasn't about us. I mean, he'll never acknowledge this. But if it wasn't about us, who was it about? It, I, but it is about us. No, it He's is. He's the type so of guy what I'm that would like, like, what logic is that, Nick? That's, you're digging yourself into a bigger hole, honestly. He's the type of guy that would hit on you in a bar. And then when you say, oh, sorry, I have a boyfriend, he says, uh, I wasn't hitting on you. So true. You, everyone's met that type of guy. And that would be this. Like, uh, okay, she's all batch. I don't even know who you are. Fuck you. You know who we are. We're all over your explore page. Like, I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. I will say... I'm very, very thankful for the thoughts who came to my defense, though. Like, I definitely was expecting some of you guys to, like, stand up. But so many of you guys were like, we ride at dawn for She's All Batch. And I really, really appreciate all of you. Also, I want to, like, shout out, like, Game of Roses, Morgan Pop Talks, Reality Steve, and Dave Neal. Because they, too, are fan podcasts with Washed Up Reality TV stars and... They are so supportive of us, and we absolutely adore them and respect their work. And I just think we're all in this together. High School totally. Musical style. Okay, we want to take a second and talk to you guys about base. So I live on Long Island, and I had to travel to New York City for Fots Fest, and I needed a bag that was easy to carry all of my stuff that would fit absolutely everything, but was also like stylish and cute because I was going to Fonts Fest, obviously. Ultimately, I ended up using my base weekender bag, which has a place to store my shoes separately. And I got a ton of compliments on it. Also, fun fact, Jason Foster ended up carrying it for me when I got too drunk. So thanks, Jason. Oh, wow. So easy to carry, beautiful, limber bag. Um, But yeah, so basically, guys, Base was created by the actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek, affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, a built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need to keep yourself organized. It really is truly game-changing. I mean, built-in weight indicator, that's like... (laughs) that's a fucking game changer and on top of it every piece is made to look better with miles so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead it's still going to look amazing regardless of how many trips you've taken on and base has over 30,000 five-star reviews whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through security line base has your personal items covered yes so right now base is offering our listeners 15 percent off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash she's all batch that's base b-e-i-s travel.com slash she's all batch base travel.com slash she's all batch all right so i told you guys that 
when I was three months postpartum, I experienced hair thinning. And for someone who's always had a thick head of hair, humble brag, that was a really difficult time for me. Like literally clumps of hair would come out in the shower. And I actually started to see it in my hairline and I was super self-conscious about it. Yeah, guys. So in case you didn't know, which I did not know until Stephanie had started telling me about this, hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women, which they they just don't tell you that. If you're among them, you guys should know you're not alone. Nutrafol is here to help deliver results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement for women, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. So from postpartum to menopause, no matter what the root cause is, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women, and each is physician formulated using natural drug-free medical grade ingredients so that you guys get the most reliable results. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz. And there you will identify the cause of your thinning hair. And Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. In a clinical study, 80% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. Yeah, so take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code She's All Batch. So find out why over 3,500 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That is Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with promo code She's All Batch. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code She's All Batch. Okay, we are going to kick off Bachelor Encounters. That's when you guys submit stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild, and we read about those stories on air. And you know what I heard about those stories? What did you hear? Because I didn't hear anything about them. Really? You no, haven't? It's a no. good time. Someone told me it was. Oh, okay. Got it. I, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was a bad time, but now that you said it's a good no, time, no. I understand. Got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first story is about Becca Boops. Becca Boops. Newly pregnant Becca Boops. I know. Side note, like when she announced her pregnancy, did anyone else think she was having like triplets? Did you see her pregnancy announcement? Yeah, I did. But why would you think she's having triplets? Because she wrote Party of Five and like granted, yes, she had the two dogs, but like everyone in the comments were like, I thought you meant you were having triplets. Oh, oh, oh. No, I, I, she has the dogs right there in the picture. I was like, I know, I know, I know. Well, at first I was like, okay, counting all the people. And I'm <laughs> right. like, Ugh. it wasn't adding The up. math but wasn't anyway, mathing. Okay. It was not. This person writes, hi, love your podcast. Ran into some batch stars this weekend and was so excited to send you a bachelor encounter. Was celebrating my sister's bachelorette party in Nashville and saw Thomas and Becca on the rooftop of Florida Georgia Line Bar, a.k.a. my favorite bar in Nashville. We congratulated them on the baby and they thanked us and agreed to take a picture with my sister. Thomas kissed the giant photo of my sister's fiance we'd been carrying around. Oh, because it was her bachelorette oh, party. That's cute. Like, at first, at first I was like, <laughs> yeah, what? I was, the math wasn't mathing yet again. <laughs> Becca is so gorgeous in person, and they were both so incredibly sweet. We were all so excited. Well, that's nice that they were nice to you. It wasn't like a bachelor event. She was there for her sister's bachelor at party, mm-hmm. and you just happen to run into people from The Bachelor? Interesting. I know, that's a lucky spotting, I feel like. Okay, next one. I have a pretty ancient Bachelor encounter from 2011. 
2011. I remember that year. Yeah. In 2011, I was on the Buzz Lightyear ride at Disney World. Towards the end of the ride, I see a few people standing to the side about to get on the ride, so it must have been, been a VIP entrance. Turns out it was Casey and Vienna. Who knew they were popular enough to need a VIP entrance? Well, it was right after Bachelor Pad. And then she asks, or was it Bachelor in Paradise? No, girl, it was Bachelor Pad. So I was like, oh my God, it's you. Hi. And was excited to see them. Casey smiled and waved and Vienna almost looked embarrassed. That's it. Feel free to use or not use. Well, we're using. Obviously thank using. thank you for the option. I am um, not surprised that Vienna looked embarrassed. And I'm not surprised that Casey was nice enough and smiled and waved. He seems very charismatic. Wait, do you think they were embarrassed of cutting the line or just embarrassed to be recognized at Disney? I don't know. Maybe cutting the line, like getting... Well, because there's like a few ways to do it. First one is like like when Kim Kardashian goes to Disneyland, you pay like 40 grand or something and they personally escort you to every ride. Like you don't wait online if you're Kim. But then people are sometimes a little evil. And like if you have someone with you in a wheelchair, then you can also cut every line. But sometimes people will sit in the wheelchair if they don't need it, which is like a bit fucked up. But then you cut the line. So maybe they were doing that. Do you think maybe they said to like... Mickey Mouse, the head of Disney or something, like, hey, we're very famous, and if we wait on the lines, it's going to cause a lot of commotion, so could we get VIP entrance? Do you think that Or works? maybe they just... I don't know. I mean, if this literally was right after Bachelor Pad, they were very famous. I mean, they were the villains of that season and were very popular. Vienna had her explosive breakup with Jake. It was like... It was yeah. time for her to be, like, in the tabloid. She was, like, on the cover of magazines and shit. So maybe they, it was warranted. Maybe they had a PR person reach out and say, like, Casey and Vienna cannot be seen waiting on the regular line at Buzz Lightyear. Potentially. They need to be in the VIP entrance. I just don't imagine Mickey Mouse being, like, a fan of Bachelor <laughs> Pad and being like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense, guys. Like, yeah, I agree. He's going to be like, I've never heard of you. And I'm yeah. the mouse, so I know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a mystery. I guess we'll never know, some would say. Some would. Only some. Okay. The next one is kind of crazy. Hi, Jackie and Stephanie. I am such a huge fan of your podcast, and about a month ago, I had a Bachelor encounter. It wasn't with one of the Bachelor contestants per se, but my now fiancé proposed to me outside of the Bachelor mansion. For some background, I moved to London from New York about three years ago, and finding a site to watch The Bachelor has been nearly impossible. I usually always had to find some janky website and wait a few days until the episode were the episodes were released. I have been an avid viewer for the past seven years, but during this time, I managed to get Andrew, my fiancé, into the show, which is what set the wheels in motion for the proposal idea. We were planning a trip to California with our friends where Andrew was having a boys weekend at WrestleMania and I was having a girls weekend of relaxing in L.A. Before we flew 12 hours from London to L.A., I told Andrew that we must visit the Bachelor Mansion before we went about our individual plans with friends. Little did I know that Andrew's plan all along was to propose to me at the mansion. When we pulled up, the gate was open and we were able to actually drive onto the premises, which I'm sure is not like the norm. Yeah, I wonder if he like cut a deal with the owner of the house. Well, it gets a little crazier. 
We started walking up the front of the house, but immediately got caught by the production team. I believe they were filming Charity Season. Uh, oh, this is recent. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sh- yeah. The production team told us that we had to leave. As we started to walk back to the car, Andrew stopped me, got down on one knee, and pulled out a rose and a ring. Needless to say, I said yes. At this point, we were still being shouted at by the production crew, and they didn't even take a second to care about the proposal. We only got to sneak in one photo with the photographer until we were officially escorted off of the premises. I'm so glad we have this funny engagement story to tell. Wow, just goes to show that the show does not care about love stories, clearly. They don't. Also, if you see a guy on one knee, like, I don't know, kick them out a few minutes later. I know, give them at least five minutes to have a moment. (laughs) Also, the fact that they are just keeping the gates open, like, while they're filming so that someone could just drive up to the house wildly irresponsible and dumb because at first i was like oh maybe he got the the owner to like do a little deal so he can have this beautiful proposal and it's like nope they actually just irresponsibly are just leaving all the doors open so you can just drive up the gate that's dumb i love that she's like hey we have to stop at the bachelor mansion but like andrew had this plan all along yeah i love when things like surprises work out that way yeah that is sweet And, like, it seems like he wanted to propose in front of the mansion, like, he had a photographer, clearly. So Mm -hmm. it seems like that was the goal. But since they got kicked out, he had to do it, like, further down the driveway, which is, like, not as cool. I know. I hope it didn't damper your moment too much that they were yelling. I mean, clearly it didn't. Like, she seems like, she's like, we have this funny engagement story. And he had a rose. And, like, it was clearly, like, very planned. And Andrew is, like, fiancé of the year. Congrats to Andrew and Jen. Can we be invited to the wedding? I'm like, if you put that into the universe, that like may happen. (laughs) We're like, oh no, we have to go. At the very least, send us an invite. I mean, you can invite anyone to your wedding. Yeah. Why don't you send them an invitation? Well, people do that. They'll send like an invitation to like Oprah Winfrey and like she doesn't read her own mail. So like her assistant will be like, oh, yeah. Hot tip, guys. So invite us. Wait, not to bring it back to not to bring it back to Britney though. Like that's what people were speculating happened at Britney's wedding. Like all these celebrities she had never even met before, like Selena Gomez, just like got invited. But then they were like, "Oh shit, it's Britney Spears' wedding." Like, yeah, I'm going. Well, that would be the thing with us. Like if Jen and Andrew invite us to their wedding, (laughs) we're like, "Yeah, we're going." Yeah, we're coming. Like we're gonna live podcast from your wedding. So oh my god. They love The Bachelor. We should. I know. We, we're putting this out there. I'm like, they might love this idea enough to really follow through with it and be like, yeah, please do podcasts at our wedding. I'm down. I would be down too. All right. Well, those are all the Bachelor encounters we have for this week. If you have a story you want to submit, DM me at She's All Batch and you never, ever, 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 ever know. Oh, never, ever, ever, ever. Ever. We may just read about it next week and talk all about it. Yes. So until then, moving on. So if we do get invited to Jen's wedding, um, I definitely have a dress that I was going to wear to my other friend's wedding, but I can save it for this occasion as well. Um, But basically, guys, I was trying on dresses the other day for said wedding and wasn't really feeling myself in anything I was putting on. Literally all of my favorite go-to wedding looks, like I kind of obviously like you know what dresses and what shapes like look good on your body. And I was, you know, trying the tried and trues and was just not feeling it. 
And it wasn't until I put on the Honey Love shapewear that I was like, oh, okay, body yaddy yaddy, like we're fine, guys. <laughs> yes, and whether you are a bride, a guest, or looking for an everyday fit, Honey Love is your go-to for all things shapewear, specifically wedding shapewear. So Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. Yes, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short has been my go-to it has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and the areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves, which is obviously exactly what we want. It's designed to work with your body, not against it, sculpting and smoothing from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. And this piece is also a booty lifter, guys. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Hello, body yada yada again. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market. Look smoking hot in that cocktail dress and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code she's all batch 20. Use code she's all batch 20 at honeylove.com code she's all batch 20. All right, we want to take another moment and talk to you guys about attitude. So you know that feeling when you get into a hotel bed and you never want to leave? That is the feeling I get every night when I slip into my attitude sheets. And did you know we sleep for one third of our lifetime? So why the hell are you going to spend that time not being your most comfortable? Wait, do we really sleep for a third of our lifetime? Dude, I googled it. It says the average person spends about 26 years sleeping in their life, which equates to 9,490 days. Like, that's one-third of our entire lives spent asleep in bed. Surprisingly, we also spend seven years trying to get to sleep. So that's even more time that you're literally in bed. So why not be your most comfortable with attitude sheets? Yeah, okay, if we, on average, take seven years trying to get to sleep, I definitely take, like, 16 years trying to get to sleep because (laughs) you guys know sleeping is tough for me, but attitude has made it so much easier. So... Guys, we're no longer suggesting these sheets. We are actually demanding that you guys go check out attitude.com slash she's all batch and you can get the most luxurious soft sheets on the market. Like buttery soft, check. Smooth as silk, check. More breathable than cotton, check, 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 check. It literally checks all the boxes. What else do you people want? Plus Attitude's sustainable bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric. So they're free from any harmful chemicals, which is great. Seriously, right now, Attitude is offering She's All Batch listeners $25 off your first bedding purchase with code She's All Batch for a limited time. So it's time to treat yourself because you deserve a more comfortable night's sleep. Remember, seven years just trying to fall asleep. You deserve to be comfortable. Code She's All Batch will save you $25 off your purchase. That's attitude.com slash She's All Batch. E T T I T U D E dot com slash She's All Batch. All right, guys, we have Susie Evans here. You know her from Clayton's season of The Bachelor. Susie, thank you for gracing us with your presence on She's All Batch today. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get on the show? We've spoken to a couple of people from Clayton's season, including your girl Marlena recently. And she's people have said different things, like you knew it was Clayton before or you didn't know to the last minute. What's your story? Yeah, I didn't know it was Clayton until, I mean, I knew before I left from Virginia, but um, I didn't know, 
like as while I was going through the process, I had no clue who it was going to be, but I did have an inkling that it was somebody from Michelle's season, but obviously we hadn't seen her season yet. So we were just looking at those grainy, horrible headshots that they had released <laughs> from iPhone that these okay. guys ran in a take of them. So I was like, okay, I don't know. None of these guys know how to take an iPhone picture. So I don't know. <laughs> what was your uh, first impression when you walked out of the limo with him? Or not with him, to him. Yeah, he was really tall. That was honestly my first impression where I was like, that's a big man. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like I was very shocked at how tall he was. And um, yeah, he was very warm and welcoming. And I definitely felt like just unprepared. <laughs> unprepared how? In what way? I just think you, I don't know, I guess you can't really prepare yourself for like how that's going to go. Because for me, I had a little buzzer in my hand. And so I had to like pretend like I wasn't a hugger and then be like, but I do believe in a firm handshake. But I'm like, that's kind of an uncomfortable way to meet somebody. So I think, yeah. you know what he means? And he had to like play into the shtick of it of like, and I think we were both nervous. I, I was the first person that actually arrived at the mansion. So we and I didn't know that, but he obviously did. So I was the first person to come out of the limo. Um, oh, so ABC set you up for success then, because you know the first person out is like the chosen one, or is the first person out on TV the per the chosen one? Well, it's not always. Yeah, I don't know. And I actually think it's the first person, like literally out, is the chosen one. I and mean, they may not air <laughs> it that way because they want to throw you off. But did it air your way? Did it air that you yeah. came out first? Yeah, because they were trying to hide you from us. So we didn't know that it was you. That makes more sense. Oh, interesting. Tea, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I always felt that they were kind of hiding you till the end of the season because you, it was, I think you and Clayton obviously did have a very strong connection, but I think they wanted us to make it not so obvious. And we've talked to a lot of girls on your season who have said, oh, it was like Susie was definitely a clear front runner from the beginning. Did you feel that way? No, but people, but I remember being there and people being like, yeah, I remember people saying that. And I was like, I, I really felt friends zoned the whole time. Like I was so caught off guard up until the literal end. And I was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Like, I felt like I was being friend zoned. I felt like he really respected me. Like that was the big thing that I felt like, even the things he would say to me, I was like, I don't know if he's just like trying to be my friend or if he literally loves me based on what he's saying. <laughs> Because uh -huh. he would be like, he would say things like, I really admire you. Like, I see how you handle situations and like, I look up to you. And I was like, that's a lot of respect on my yeah. name, which is great. Like, that's how it should be in a relationship. But I'm just being like, I'm kind of confused right now. You had the pretty woman date, didn't you? I did. Like well, I, I'm so glad I'm talking to you. How does that work? Do they give you a budget? When do they tell you to stop? Do they tell you you can't purchase certain things? Like every time someone gets mm. that type of date, I'm like, tell me the logistics behind it. Yeah. I don't know if it's different every season, but basically like I got to try on a few things and pick out like one dress that I really wanted. And then they just like, they shopped really like we got to, we got to shop and like experience the shop, but like they had already like picked a ton of stuff for me to take home and you got to take yeah. home for real mm -hmm. but yeah. what if you didn't like it yeah or did they I don't know I, I always got the impression that you got to pick all the things I know that would be dope because yeah. a lot of stuff was not my size or right well what if thoughtful? it's like samples then that's why they do it like ABC's like we'll pick the rest because it's like 
samples that the store is willing to give away. That has to be it, right? Uh, I <laughs> think I'm trying to think of how I, if I'm allowed to say this, I mean, I feel like I'm allowed to say it, but it was all from like H&M. So I think they just sent somebody in and like, ching, 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 swiped the card. Ching. Wait, I'm Wait. shocked. What? <laughs> Wait, they make it look like you're at like a luxury store and then they give you H&M? Well, I did get a luxury dress like that. Like I could choose okay. like a blue dress. Yeah. Whoa. And then, yeah. But they make it seem like it is like the, like literally the pretty woman date, like Julia Roberts on Rodeo um, Drive, like getting all this designer stuff and they're giving you just clothes from H&M. Wait, this That's is groundbreaking. Like, Sorry. This is groundbreaking. <laughs> and that wasn't even one of our real questions. That's just I a know. spur of the moment question. Holy shit. Um, Okay. I'm like, I don't want to say that. No, I, I think I, you are. I don't think that's really going to piss ABC off too much, but that's great. That's you're great. I'm good. Great. <laughs> right. I'm like, mm. you have said that once you and Clayton got off the show, you kind of like compared notes before mm -hmm. you kind of got back together. And that kind of led you to be getting back together. What did you mean by that? Yeah, we definitely shared. It's just, it's interesting because we had, Obviously, we were there experiencing the same thing together, but we had very different perspectives and experiences. What I can say is that, like, when you're there, you don't have people in your corner that you can really bounce ideas off of that are completely um, objective, like family or friends. Mm -hmm. So um, I personally felt I didn't feel like anyone made me do anything that I wasn't didn't feel everything that I expressed and said and like brought to Clayton was how I felt like I if I could go back and change it I would have done it differently um like I would have probably saved it and just done it in private when I like taken the fantasy suite um and just you know said it in private because I think that was a trigger because because it was done on camera it felt uh, manipulative maybe or it I, I don't know maybe it felt like a trap I guess um, and I think that that wasn't necessarily, as he bounced ideas off people and spoke freely, that mentality wasn't shut down. Like, no, this, you know, this is a television show. You guys have agreed to share your your heart and experience um, with the public. Because that was kind of how I felt going into that night where it was like, You've agreed to be on the show. This is a part of your values. It's a part of what your expectations are. And you've agreed to open up your heart, your life, your mind to America. And so this conversation shouldn't be saved for private. This is a real life conversation. This is a real experience. These are your real feelings. So you should share them on screen because that's what this is about. And I was, and I totally bought into that. And I still do. I'm like, yeah, if it's a real life experience, if this is really supposed to emulate real life, then like, why are we saving things, big conversations for private? I think some things should be completely private, but like, you know. But you're alluding uh, to the conversation about fantasy suites, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think at that point when that happened, because it was on camera, he maybe got it in his mind that it was manipulative or like a setup kind of a thing. And then as we were, as we were separated for a period of time that night before I left, um, I feel like the way I can say it is like, he didn't have family or friends there to be like, no, I think that's a valid point. Like, I think for mm -hmm. him, he was like, this is crazy. This is what happens. Why didn't you tell me this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, okay, wait, you know? I know you can't say it. 
I'll say what I think you're mean to say. Clayton may have had someone in his ear saying, that's bullshit. That's manipulative. She should have told you sooner. But we're but he didn't have family and friends to talk to and bounce that off of. You don't have to say it, but I think that's yeah, what like, okay. Um, okay. and then I'm assuming too, people were in your ear telling you, no, you should wait till this exact moment to have this conversation. So we really it's kind of crazy because I I really that didn't happen where it was like you should wait to have this conversation because we went from hometowns where I was like I don't know how it aired but like I was at hometowns and then next thing you know you're at a rose ceremony and then next thing you know I'm the third fantasy suite date so there really isn't a time where you're like okay I'm now going into this and I also didn't think in my like to be completely honest in my brain like a world in which somebody's like in love with multiple people or being intimate with multiple people. Just, I, I, it doesn't make sense in my brain. If I were in the leads position and I know I'm not, so I can't say without a doubt, but I'm like, I know for myself, like I wouldn't handle it that way. Maybe, maybe if I was in love with multiple people, I would have that conversation with them and be like, this is how I'm feeling. And I'm really confused, but like, I know how painful it could be to like take your relationship to that next level and I feel like I would want to protect whoever I'm with. And like, I know that about myself, but that's how I carry myself in the real world. Like I haven't had that many, um, you know, physical partners in my life in general, because like I've tried to protect myself in different ways. And I know that's special to me. And I know that's something that like, I don't do like so often that it would be like, you know, it's just, it wouldn't have been a part of my journey. So to me, and yeah, I know, I know that this happens on the show, but I also think like, just because I'm on a show doesn't mean I have to change my morals, my values or my standards. And it, it literally doesn't even click in my brain that that would have been a possibility. But as you're there that week, you have these conversations on camera, you know, people are asking you questions while you're in a room with the camera and they're like, how would you feel if this happened? So it's not that I was going into that week, like, here's exactly how I feel. Here's exactly how he should handle it. But people are asking you questions like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And so then you're, you're really forced to communicate it to the, you know, to the person sitting over here while the camera's over there. And that's where you get those snippets and those sound bites of us talking about how we would feel if things were to happen. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, now it's my turn to have my date. And this is my first time getting to talk to him. And yeah, it was, it was like, okay, this conversation should happen on camera because it's a part of how you feel. So I just didn't even really think about it where it was like, you're in your hometown and then you're like, Hey, by the way, like, it doesn't even, it literally in my brain, I'm like, it doesn't even feel like a conversation that I would have to have with somebody that I want to be with for the rest of my life. Yeah. That makes sense. You are talking a, a little bit about, um, you know, being in love with multiple people and like Clayton famously mm -hmm. claimed he was in love with you, Rachel and Gabby, although he did love you the most. Was that ever something that came up in your guys's relationship afterwards? Like, how did you kind of reconcile with the fact that like, he was in love with two other people or did he remove himself and think, Oh, maybe I wasn't like, what was, what were those conversations like? Yeah. I think even when we were in Iceland, he was like, Oh, I asked my mom, like what love is. And she said, love is like not being able to live without somebody. And he was like, and that was her definition of love. And he was like, and I realized like I can live without Gabby and Rachel, but I can't live without you. I don't think we knew each other well enough for him to be saying that in all honesty, because we're doing all right right now. <laughs> so wait, so I you think, don't feel like you got to know him by the time, by the ending? 
like a well enough at least not to not to be saying that no I don't think so to be like wow. I can't live without you yeah I don't think so um and I don't think anybody could to be honest based on what my experience like to truly know I think if you find somebody on the show and it works out in the real world I'm like that's amazing but like you don't get that much time with somebody to know yeah I feel like it's it would be very rare that you leave the show even if, if it does work out that's wonderful but it's not because you were given this beautiful, timely environment where you really truly get to know somebody's like mm-hmm. morals, values, character. But yeah, like the the love thing, I think he the thing is I do think he loved them as human beings. Um and I think that he felt like he was in love. And that's probably very confusing because you're like having these feelings where you're thinking about these people and you're dreaming about these people as you go to bed at night and you're creating the, this illusion of who you think they are. But that's really what you're feeling. It's not like you're dreaming about them and you're thinking about a life together, but it's not actually reality. So that's, that was my takeaway from it. But when we left the show, like Clayton was very worried about Gabby and Rachel and like Gabby and I were talking, you know, throughout having left the show in, in depth where I knew that she went through a really tough time, but she was working through it and that she was struggling, but then she was feeling better. And I was able to update Clayton a lot with that, but Rachel and I, we weren't as close as Gabby and I were when we were on the show. And so I didn't have as much insight, but I know Clayton was really worried about her. Where at one point, I think I feel like I asked one of the girls, I was like, I hope Rachel's doing okay. Like we don't talk or communicate that much, but um, you know, I don't know. I, I I do think Clayton is really worried about her based on how it ended. Um, and obviously I wasn't there, so I didn't know how traumatic it was until watching it back. But um he did care deeply for them to the point where it like yeah, it deeply affected his mental health because he thought maybe he really messed them up potentially. We had Clayton on the show, love him. And mm-hmm. he is very vocal about his mental health. He has his book that came out. How did the show affect your mental health post show? Or how how was your mental health post show? Um I do think I had good coping mes- mechanisms going in. And I do think I was very secure with myself as a human, like from the inside going in and I had a good support system. I also think that coming off the show, Clayton was in such a crisis that I realized like a few months later, I kind of had like a big breakdown and I was like, I haven't cared for myself for a second. And I just like everything came swarming in and it was a pretty not good place to be. But I do, like I said, I do have good coping mechanisms. Like I've, I feel like I have experienced a lot. And to be honest, like two years prior was like the toughest year of my life and nothing to this day, like knock on wood, God forbid, like it was so brutal. I'm like, I don't want to attract anything yeah, thank you. Um, but like nothing, even going on the show and having that experience and feeling like the world hates me and having to walk out on stage and face humiliation, like all of that pain and all the stuff that I felt and the loneliness and the rejection and just feeling alone, even while being in a relationship, like all of that d- didn't compare to my experience during COVID. My my 2020 year was like the worst year. So um yeah, I think I somehow made out okay. Um, 
and yeah, just worked through a lot of it, have done a lot of work. And I've always just, yeah, I think I had good mechanisms going in. So I knew what I had to do. And also when we broke up, I knew that it was an opportunity to work on myself and to get back to who I am and let that like sparkle shine again from within. So first of all, your TikTok game is like unmatched. Next level, your TikToks are so good. Your reaction to Clayton being made fun of on Gabby and Rachel season with the use of Will Smith's get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Like literally, I think we talked about it on the show. Like <gasps> yeah, that, we did. I was like, that is iconic. But I'm sure it really did bother you watching that because ABC took a stance of like, we don't condone bullying on social media right before that season. And I just thought the timing right. was odd. I brought this up to Clayton too. I thought the timing was odd that right before that, that happened. And then night one, they're singing Clayton sucks. A lot of focus was on Clayton. That mm-hmm. TikTok, was that just using like humor to kind of mask like you were actually bothered by that? Yeah, I definitely think um, it wasn't cool, especially because mm, I'll be honest, I don't really hold anything against anybody. Everyone has a job to do, producers included. And I'm very close with all the people that I worked with. Like I I genuinely love and had a positive experience up until the very end. And I felt so grateful. Every single day I woke up and was like, I can't believe this is my freaking life. Like I was so stoked, so grateful. And all the things that have come after it, I'm, I'm genuinely so grateful. And I'm like, yeah, with all of that good, like, or all of that bad came so much good. So all of that to say, like, when we knew that that was coming. So guys had contacted Clayton and were like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like I was pressured hardcore to say this or to do this. And like, like, it wasn't like these guys all came in with this attitude of like, yes, screw that guy. It was like an agenda. So yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to play along with the fun. If we're, if we're poking fun, Mm -hmm. let's pop off. Let me show you how it's done. ABC. Like, I'm like, let me get sassy. Like sassy Susie came out where I was like, okay, like perfect. I'll use my marketing background and we will pop off and we will show you that this isn't cool. Like, and that's my mentality about like so many things where I'm like, in all honesty, like I love social media. I think it's a great tool. It helped Clayton and I in so many ways when we came off the show, but I'm like, it can be used for good and it can be used for evil. Same thing with the television show. What, what they were doing in my opinion, wasn't cool. So I'm like, great. Well, I will also use my social media accordingly. (laughs) And, and that's just where that's who I am. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm cool with all the guys that came out of the limo and like poked fun. I've talked with a lot of them and they've all been like, Oh, I hate that. I like did that or whatever and it's like it's fine we all know what it's like to be on the show but you will be roasted on my tiktok (laughs) and i don't think the guy that did the quartet actually even went very far i think he was eliminated like night two literally yeah you're saying like though that guy or someone similar that did something reached out to clayton to kind of like give him a heads up i mean that's nice yeah several of them and clayton was so sweet about it like Clayton was so understanding to all the guys that reached out to him and he's like cool with all of them, I think, and friend like friendly with them. Aw. I know, but it definitely I wouldn't say it like hurt, but I was just I just was like, okay. I was like, that's how we're gonna play this. <laughs> Do you keep in touch with like production at all or anyone who is a producer on the show? Yeah, I definitely so actually the producer that went like all the way with me, she's no longer working on the show, but um, I've seen her a few times since being in California. And then um, a lot of people that were 
handlers or like some, I think they're like semi-producers. Um, so they're not like quite producing, but they're around us all the time. Um, I recently went to brunch with a few of them and then, um, spent, yeah, I spend time with them for sure. But, um, nobody that's like currently working on the show, I guess, but not intentionally. I think, I mean, it's, so, it's so consuming when you're a producer, like you don't really get a ton of time for your family. So I think it's hard to even make time for like friends and stuff, but I would definitely be cool with any of them. If I saw them, like I'm friendly with all of them and I think they're good yeah. at their job. I'm just wondering like if any conversations about kind of laying into Clayton on Gabby and Rachel season came up with people that work on the show and like were there and how that went. No, not from my perspective. Okay. I, I never ask anybody. Interesting. When you left the show on Clayton season, were you asked to be the bachelorette? No. Mm-mm. Uh, so That's then so have you been asked since you've been single or like any talks? Are you the next bachelorette, Susie? I am currently the next bachelorette now. <laughs> oh my god! No, um, no, they're you know, it's so funny is I didn't hear from them for so long and then they reached out, but you know, so they asked you if you would consider it. I mean, I mean, like, I thought it was so weird. I mean, to be completely honest, like, I haven't been invited to anything since leaving the show. Clayton and I never got invited to a single event with them, like, nothing. And then, yeah, I get get a call, like, at the beginning of this year. And I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, this is confusing. That's <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> That's suspicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also think so many people get conversations. And so many people get taken literally to the point of, like, yeah, it's probably going to be you. Like, so many people get to that point, And then it's not. Like, they have to have so many backups and people that they have like on the back burner. So that was my reality the whole time I was talking with them. I was like, this is not even real. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to happen. Gabby and Rachel have <laughs> kind of been hinting in some podcasts that they might be interested in going to paradise. Is that something that you would consider doing ever? I definitely would consider it. Like, I think, I feel like I'm just kind of like, whatever, like I'll, I'll like every, anything could be fun, but um, so I would definitely like consider it, but in all honesty, I just don't think it's in the cards for me because um, they did reach out, but I have a wedding and then I planned a trip to Hawaii around the wedding because I'm going to Hawaii to film a wedding. So of course I'm going to like take a trip. So, and it would be like right in the middle and I'm not trying to be somebody that comes in on the last week and splits up a couple. So I just, don't they really wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, Susie Evans is original cast for- material. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if they have all these people, like former leads going, I just think I'm kind of chopped liver. So you're right up there with them though, Susie, like a Susie, Gabby, Rachel season. Like we are, we've been talking about this paradise. The fact that like really well-known people from the franchise are considering going, I think this will top any other season and you should go. Thanks. I don't know. I feel like I don't know who's going. Like, I don't know that many guys. I feel like they're all younger than me. I'm kind of like, meh. Well, you you recently said on your TikTok that you went on your first real date since Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. Like three days ago. How'd it go? Really good. It was so good. Um, he doesn't live in LA. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, he's, he's great. We literally sat down and 
we were just like, it was so weird. I almost feel like we're too much alike because we were so weird that I was like, oh, this, I was like, you're my best friend, but like, you're hot. So that's cool. <laughs> it was just like very fun. We were laughing the whole time. Like I was laughing so hard. And I feel like that's everybody's dream when you go on a date is to just be like laughing and having a good time. And we were doing like country accents and just and not even, honestly, it's at one point I was like, I don't even know what dialect this is. Like I'm speaking as if I'm from like North Carolina and, you know, <laughs> I, like we're country I don't know what's happening right now <laughs> we, we both were just like really into like being weird and having fun so it was a really good first date wow. I was shocked is there it's, anyone we would maybe know from no, the batch nature okay not at all nope he's got like a a nice 300 follower list on IG just how honestly I like that's the way to get him yep those are no. the best guys Yes. Yeah. He just is a normal person that, um, it's actually, it's actually funny. I, I matched with him on hinge. I just got hinge because I'll be honest. I was on Raya. It's not the vibe. And I was like, I just, I don't know. It's not for me. And I was like, let me just get like a normal dating app and just see what happens. Have had way more luck on a normal dating app. The vibes are way better in my opinion. And, um, but I'm terrified of getting screenshotted like Clayton. So um, hoping that doesn't happen. But he matched with this guy and then he was like, oh my gosh, like no freaking way. And he was like, this is fake. And I was like, no. So then he DM'd me and I was like, wait, how'd you get my Instagram? I don't have anything linked. I don't have my last name. And he was like, well, funny story. I was dating somebody when your season was airing and we watched your season, <laughs> the show. Oh, no. Yes. And he was like, we ended up breaking up and he goes, I followed you on Instagram. And he's like, I just hope someday our paths would cross. I just didn't think it would be on Hinge. That's, That's so, so cool. Funny. I know. So you don't put anything on Hinge about like ever being on The Bachelor or anything like that. Like you're just like, being a normal girl. Okay. Yeah. And Raya too, I, the boys like uh, Justin, Rodney and Andrew, they looked at my dating profile and like, look, they didn't roast me, but they were like, it's cozy. They were like, it's, it's very nice Susie and I was like yeah but I'm not trying to attract the wrong people like I don't have like thirst traps on there like I don't have like yeah like hot girl pics like I I'm like me like this like I'm like in my sweats my natural curly hair like me and my dog no makeup on like I don't want the wrong I don't want to give the wrong vibe you know and I'm like I want somebody to be interested in me because of me not because of anything that I've done or social media or anything like that you bring up Justin Glaze. People have questioned if you oh, no. were dating at some point. Is there any truth to that? Not even a lick of truth. But people seem to stand us, which is kind of funny because he's great. Like, I love Justin. I have so much respect for him. And he's hysterical, obviously hot, like great guy. But no, there's no, like not anything at all. Not anything. But um, but he's great. And all those guys are great. Like, they're all cuties. So I'm like, oh. It's nice to have eye candy, but yeah, I don't mind being the only girl hanging out with all these hot boys. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. Has anyone from Bachelor Nation slid into your DMs when you became single? Yeah, there were a few people, but nobody's like, well, one person did ask me out, but we were like in the same area and I was like, uh, and then nothing ever came of it. But like, nobody's really like asked me out or anything. Um, Wait, like, people, Tyler Cameron, because people said you looked like Hannah Brown. That would be cool if you dated yeah, Tyler. 
secretly dating actually that's yeah. my boyfriend <laughs> no I don't think I'd be I don't think I'd be Tyler's type I don't I mean I, yeah I guess I, people do say I look like Hannah but I don't know like I don't know I don't think I would be type but I don't think he's my type either what is your type a nice guy a, a real nice guy I feel like I don't have like a physical type that's like Oh, I only date guys that look like this. I feel like I've dated short guys, tall guys, like every ethnicity. I feel like I've just dated every looking type of, like every different type of looking guy. But like, I think I'm just, yeah, I've just dated nice guys that are. Will you share who the bachelor guy is that asked you on the date? No, I don't want to out him. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) We want to ask one more thing about, uh, we asked Clayton this because this is like, our favorite story. I know it's it's not it wasn't great in the moment, but looking back, it's funny. We call the story like, no. Fake Clayton. <laughs> uh, the title of our episode was "Will the Real Fake Clayton Please Stand Up?" Because we're like the the whole story is so crazy to us. How did it affect you? You like what was your take seeing the TikToks and being like, <laughs> "Did my boyfriend actually cheat?" Like, what was your side of it? It was so weird. It's so funny because this has resurfaced lately because it's almost exactly a year from when it happened right now um because of us we asked him about it <laughs> that's oh, why yeah. i resurfaced oh we love that okay oh so you, you had him on recently oh yeah, yeah yeah i saw that yeah 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 okay so yeah he i was working a wedding in california living in virginia and clayton was in arizona and then i was gonna fly from my wedding in california to arizona and we were gonna drive cross country to virginia and I am, I'm at this wedding. I filmed the ceremony and my phone starts blowing up. Like people are messaging me, DMing me, whatever. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I see a text from Clayton and he's like, Hey, not to freak you out, but there's some rumor going online that I was with some girl last night. He was like, I just, I know this probably goes without being said, but like, it wasn't me. And I'm like, what? And so I go, go to the TikTok that was sent to me. I watch it. So then I go to her Instagram and I click messages and it's like message request. And it's this long message. That's like, I'm so sorry. Like I would never do this to another girl. I had no idea he had a girlfriend, but like, I'm so certain it was him. He made me promise not to tell like blah, blah, blah. She took a screenshot of a couple of streets and she was like, this is the Airbnb or like the house that he was staying at. She said, I think it's his friend's house. Um, here's a picture of his hand holding the phone with my Uber that he called me. Like it was like all this stuff, which like all of it was so vague that I was like this. I mean, it could be him, I guess. And I didn't realize that it said New York. Like that was the big thing that I missed. So I'm like, damn, is this like his brother's house that he's staying at in Arizona right now? Like I was like, what? I was like, it shook me. I was like, she seems adamant that this is Clayton, like adamant. And so I called Clayton. I'm like, Hey, if it's, if you cheated on me, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drag you, but like, I'm not coming to Arizona tomorrow. Just tell me the truth. It doesn't matter either way, because in, in my heart, I was like, I can let this go right now because I was like, I've been through so much crap with you that I was like, if after all of that, you cheated on me, I was like, honestly, good riddance. Like, that's how I felt. And I was like, I'm not going to drag you. Like, we're just going to be done. And he was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that you would even think that I did this. Like, how could I have gotten to New York? And I was like, oh, New York? I was like, oh, okay. 
And then I, I immediately, not just because of the New York thing, but I immediately believed him. And I was like, you're a good guy. Like, I don't think that you flew to New York to just sleep with one girl and then flew back home to Arizona. Like I just, it was so far-fetched. And I really do not think that Clayton's a liar. Like he's never lied to me in our relationship prior to that. So like, I didn't, I just didn't think that it was a lie. Um, and then we went about our day and then one more time before bed, this, so this girl was messaging me all day, adamant. She's like, I promise. I know it sounds crazy, but like, I, I know for a fact it was him. Like she was so certain it was him. And so I asked him one more time before bed. I was like, Hey, you've never like talked to this girl. Like you've never like matched with her on a dating app or like had any communication with her. Right. And he was like, no, like I literally, this is my first time hearing of her. And then we were able to, like, from that point on, it was like, yeah, I totally believe you. But she was adamant for, like, 24 hours. It was it was wild. She apologized after, right? I think she did, yeah. She did apologize. Clayton told us he to wanted to is, sue. Well, that. But fake Clayton is still out there, running rampant, yeah. telling people that he's Clayton from The Bachelor. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't? Mm-mm. Did you kill my, him, Susie? That's my, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my hot take. I don't think that there was a fake Clayton, personally. Oh. It was kind of fabricated, personally. But I also don't want to, like, cause more distress on this person. Because I've said this a few times recently where I've been like, no, I literally think, I'm pretty sure she's done this to other people. Yeah, that's what Clayton said. Yeah, so I don't think there's a fake Clayton. I think this was, like, a stunt. I like thinking of a fake Clayton going around, though, and just being a total <laughs> asshole. It's just funny for me. But he's doing horrible things, so. Especially if his <laughs> his claim is like, look, my hand looks just like Clayton's. <laughs> like, that's just so crazy. Right. No, that was her claim. She was like, this is even a picture I took on my phone of his, like, his thumb. I was like, I even wrote to her. I was like, I was so sassy. I finally was just like, I'm going to have fun with this. Because I was like, honestly, that's a dusty, crusty thumb. And Clayton has, like, nice manicured fingers. Like, I literally was studying the most ridiculous <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, that's not even relevant. But I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Why couldn't she have just turned the camera up and take a photo of the fucking guy? Because it wasn't, it was clearly not him, is your take. Right. Yeah, that's my take. I don't think it, I don't think there was ever a fake Clayton, but but for the sake of fun, we can say there is. Okay. Clayton. <laughs> I say that there it's three dogs in a trench coat and it's just a guy sitting at a bar and he just waits. For, <laughs> he just waits for girls to like come up to him and he's like, Yeah, I'm Clayton. I'm Clayton from The Bachelor. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, where can our listeners keep up with you on they have to follow your TikTok, so plug everything that our listeners can catch yeah. up with you on. So my TikTok is Susie was like, my Instagram is Susie C Evans and my YouTube, which I'm now off contract so I can do YouTube. It's uh, Susie was like, and then I also have a blog, Susie was like.com where I do weekly blogs, videos, um, all kinds of fun stuff. And that's where you can book me for weddings and stuff like that as well. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh man. Book her for your wedding, guys. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool job. We've talked about that before. What an admirable job you get to do and so creative. Thank you. I love it. It's, yeah, it's so special to be a part of people's big day. Thank you so much again for waking up early. This was really, yeah. really good. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. And it's nice to finally meet y'all. Ah, yes. It's nice, nice to finally meet you. you. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad. I'm glad we did it. Glad we Me woke too. up early for it. <laughs> yes. Now go take on the day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <All> right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Susie. Bye. And 
that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review and make sure to subscribe and tell at least four friends. And if you don't have four friends, tell like people you see at the supermarket about She's All Batch. Yeah, the lady at the supermarket can be a friend for sure. Also, if you guys want more content, definitely check out our Patreon. We have had such good stuff that has been coming through there. And if you're not a member, you're missing it. So that's patreon.com slash she's all batch. Just can I tell you guys, just go to the, the site, go to patreon.com slash she's all batch and just peruse. You mm-hmm. can kind of scroll and see what, you know, you got to test drive the car before you make the car purchase. Go check out what we have to offer. Cause I actually was like forgetting about some of our older content that really is so good that if you subscribe now, you not only get access to all of our new content that we're releasing fresh on a monthly basis, but also all of our older stuff, like the Mike and Holly reunion special, our fantasy suite confession special, our one episode that's all about like influencer culture. And we have actual people from The Bachelor coming on and talking about their highest paid Instagram ad. And we're talking like 30k plus these people are getting paid it's very insightful so definitely go to patreon.com slash she's all batch and just check it out and if you want to subscribe we would love that and we would welcome you with open arms absolutely and if you're looking for a little she's all batch community you can join our facebook group a lot of the stuff that we were talking about earlier in the episode like all the nick drama how we feel about it our response all that was already previously discussed in the facebook group so if you're not a member you are missing out on the conversation yeah and if you want to show your love for she's all batch by wearing it on your body you could check out our merch shop our merch shop is always linked in every episode so go check it out we have sweatshirts that say thoughts and literally why and she's all batch and really cute looks i mean i truly wear them i mean jackie's literally wearing the gray fox sweatshirt right now i know i feel like we literally wear sweatshirts every single day it's amazing i know i love it and you will too exactly um anything else i think that's it <laughs> what no no you just we served the lines up to each other and you said it was just funny that oh i served it. the line up to myself yeah, you're done. And, you, and then you spiked it like a volleyballer. Yeah, exactly. It's a okay. one-woman show over here. Goodbye, bitches. 